Detroit-based out duo known as I.R. We're opening the program with this track because in a few minutes, I.R. will be joining me for the first in-studio interview of the year as we discuss the release of their latest album, Detroit Densha Seikatsu. Before we get to the interview, though, we'd like to get more familiar with their work by featuring a quick mix of their features and productions. Peace, thank you, and stay tuned.
All right, 88.3 WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. You just heard a small sampling of tonight's guest, Detroit-based outfit known as IR, consisting of Daniel Francis. You two, welcome to the program. How are you? So good. Thanks for having us, Roosevelt. Yeah. Very excited to be here. Yeah, no, I'm very happy to have you too. Happy you too here too. So, we look up IR. You look up Daniel Francis. You get titles like producer, engineer, composer, all whole list of titles. But I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to, with all that in mind, like, like what first book got you both interested in music? I think it was a lot of uh, just tweaking around with like electronics and hanging out with my dad and kind of that <laughs> started with that. Um, mm-hmm. My dad like said, if you want a computer, you got to go build it. So we yeah. built that and then it kind of morphed into being really interested in tweaking with music. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. For me, it was, uh, it was video game scores. Yeah. It was, um, I wasn't ever like super into classical music or anything but i played like trumpet and like high school band middle school band and everything mm-hmm. um but it was like the 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 game scores like the nintendo scores were what i was like going home and like pull up my horn and like try to figure out how to doot out those melodies and stuff <laughs> um and so by the end of high school it was like well if you want to do this for if you want to like learn more about music you gotta go to classical music school so yeah, i'm like yeah. okay i guess i'll learn to like classical music <laughs> but secretly being like a gamer nerd the whole time yeah yeah duality is cool duality is cool um and then you know you two have a long history together of you know just collaborating but um how did you two first meet how did we first meet was it bill ryan's studio at uh, grand valley state no i think it had to do with us both playing trumpet and at uh, grand valley state university okay um I remember it was, they had this like summer trumpet um, workshop and oh, yeah. we were like, I think I, we like met in the lobby of the music department and I was like, oh, you like electronic music and I started getting into that and then like very soon we like started uh, learning, trying to create beats in Reason, which mm. is like an old, <laughs> it's, a, it's still awesome software. It yeah. yeah. Some things, but it was kind of like a starting point for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and um, you mentioned your name, Bill Ryan. Um, I know he was influential you to you as you know, just a mentor and helping you get into electronic music. So, tell us more about him and how he influenced you both. For sure, um, Bill. I think was always um, kind of shared our standing as a as a misfit among the like classical music world. Mm-hmm. Um, he came from, uh, I believe, upstate New York. Um, he was. I mean, he, he runs the, the new music ensemble program out at Grand Valley State, and, mm-hmm. like, that's that was always the by far most receptive program in the school for, like, accepting electronic music and, mm-hmm. like, being willing to... He, he was always willing for me to be, like, Okay, like you gotta you gotta learn how to write for strings and stuff, but also if you if you're like hip to producing tracks and stuff, like let's let's integrate that in. It's completely valid. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, and I know his framework. Um, you know, starting off getting to now is how he developed you as far as um, 
integrating classical into electronic music. Um, I think when I listen to you both, there's a difference between, you know, composing electronic music and producing it. So in your own words, how would you describe electronic compositions versus just productions? I think when you're composing something, um, it like, at least for me, it like starts with an idea. Like, say you're writing for a string quartet, you're like imagining that the string, what the strings could be, and you're designing it for a live performance. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when I feel like I'm making a production, it's much more about like I'm making, I'm in the studio, and it's the ideal version of it is on the record that we're making mm-hmm. sometimes but when I, i'm composing it's more like i'm designing this for this live context of these people and trying to build something together with them mm-hmm. so um you know it's kind of uh, production is kind of product of studio yeah yeah i find um yeah it's a really interesting question it's a, it's a good question and mm-hmm. kind of like a lot of nuance to like the difference between the two um, but I think for me, I find production to be more like, um, I, I, I would probably say I improvise with the studio tools more in a quote unquote production mm-hmm. versus like an electronic music composition. Um, like, I guess it doesn't have to be like notated on the page yeah. in like, like sheet music, but it, it is, I think maybe you lead with like a conceptual idea of, um, like how, how the notes will permute over the course of it versus like I mean there's a couple tracks on on the new album that we can discuss um Mm -hmm. one is one is explicitly written out for us note for note Mm -hmm. um uh by our friend Brendan Randall Myers um that's absolutely an electronic music composition versus uh the last track on the album we have our friend uh violinist wonderful also mentor Mm -hmm. uh Todd Reynolds featured on the last track I would call that a totally a production through and through because he he recorded a bunch of lines for us um kind of like interacting within the like the soundscape whatever like the draft of the piece was at that moment and yeah it it changed a lot when we added him in the context but uh it's all kind of like you're relating the raw sounds to each other yeah so it's a it's a it's a, a nuanced slightly different way to uh to classify it but i think it ends up being a a, a very different process, exactly. one or the other, Absolutely. and it's cool. It's it's fun to do both. It's absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you two are doing it. Um, we you know we talk about your new album, Detroit Densha Sekatsu. Um, but you know that is you know an IR project. Um, so getting into IR, how did that pro? How did that group sort of start between you two? That's another good question. Yeah. Um, I think we've we had kind of you know classical music land you just use your name mm-hmm. and like that's that's that but yeah. then you know when you start to work as a like as a, as an electronic music producer or composer um, it's customary to catch a moniker mm. um, <laughs> and then I, I guess IR was just a fusion of our monikers of the moment yeah um, I think like part of the collaboration that I enjoy the most with um, Francis is that we both kind of have our own interests mm-hmm. and um, and that kind of just leads to this conversation that's just really that I just keep on wanting to get back in the studio and having and working on it and um, 
It started out with uh, Francis had a alias called uh, IVT, and then I had, and I still use mine uh, Retcon, and then we kind of like we we were playing a joint gig. What do we call ourselves? So kind of used IVT Retcon IR IR. And there was like then there's the whole infrared and like all infrared these is cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like a possible <laughs> injured <thing>. reserve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Tons of possibility there. Got you. Got I like you. to leave it abstract. Leave it open. <laughs> <laughs> There's no official um, acronym for IR. Yeah, yeah, but sound is very nice. Um, and Detroit Densha Saikatsu. What does that mean? Uh, just break it down for the audience. Um, Densha is a Japanese word for train. Seikatsu is a word like it's a more abstract word for like like lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Densha Seikatsu. You know, train. Like 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 a like a lifestyle of like being able to use the train, yeah, um, which is not something we have in Detroit, really. <laughs> Got you. And uh, speaking of which, um, I know that concept plays heavily into the album as far as the sound and the, uh, the album titles, and I think what you want people to take away for it. So, um, just explain the concept real quick as far as how that lifestyle and the train played into this album. Yeah, um, well, I guess Dan and I both, we're, we're native Michiganders, but mm-hmm. we spent about 10 years apiece out on the East Coast, yeah. where the transit infrastructure is robust. Well, by American standards, <laughs> it's robust. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually left Michigan for um, for New York City um, pretty much because my car broke down and i lost my job because of it and i'm like this is this sucks <laughs> like every every time i save money i got like a two thousand dollar car part to fix yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. even want to participate in this so <laughs> um that was that was a major part of the calculus for for moving out to a to a transit city mm-hmm. and um instantly fell in love with the with the subway system out in new york yeah um and that was kind of a like when i when i came back to michigan in 2020 it was like I went from no trains and all cars to all trains and no cars, mm-hmm. very, very obliquely back to no trains and all cars. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, um, it was, that was, uh, blunt, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so i I kept looking at maps of the city and, and like, you know, I want, I want to get acclimated to my, to my new city of residence again. And mm-hmm. I kept seeing like, Oh, these are these are all these all these train lines that used to exist in like mm-hmm. like the early 1900s where when Detroit was actually like a streetcar capital of the world mm-hmm. and um, all the all the narrow misses of um, subway systems that were pitched and failed by one vote in the history of Detroit. We just have this like comedy of narrow misses in mm-hmm. this region yeah, over yeah. the years, and um, so there's like vestiges of what could be a cool like metro system in town mm-hmm. but for the most part there's <laughs> there's like a cottage industry um i think in the greater midwest of making fantasy rail maps for like cities that yeah. do never either never had or no longer have like train systems mm-hmm. um and detroit is such a ripe um like locale for for that kind of imagination yeah yeah i I think um, I've been in the car way of living for a long time, and um, as long as uh, Francis and I have been collaborating, we like had this like 
far off dream of like let's go to Japan someday. Mm-hmm. And actually, last year we ended up going to Japan. Yeah. Did that. And, um, I got a really um, great taste of what is possible when you can just transit a whole country by train mm-hmm. and kind of the way it affects your uh, state of mind. And um, and then when we got back from Japan, we kind of were able to have like a lot richer conversations about this. And yeah. It's like we kind of found after we got back that we were like having like dreams of being on the train and <laughs> yeah that's then, real and we're like waking up and we're on the freeway and it takes us <laughs> many places on the album so absolutely um we will be talking more about how that actually translates into the sound um but before we get there we're going to debut one of your tracks on air that is body plant um i believe francis is something you and i um I don't want to say co-created, but we did. I was almost there while you were making this. So yeah, yeah. yeah. This is where we first crossed paths. Was yeah. um, was um, Detroit Frequency, which is a um, a community group founded by our mutual friend Rebecca Goldberg, um, where she would facilitate um, walks through uh, like iconic Detroit. Um, areas with like interesting sonic palettes she took us to the uh fisher body plant Mm -hmm. in the new center milwaukee junction um it was an awesome day it was it had just rained or it had just like Mm -hmm. snowed and it was melting so there's all kinds of like wet sounds dripping through this old falling apart factory and that's where the uh the root um sound samples for this track came from yeah all right perfect everyone This is IR with Body Plant. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
88.3 WXOU, Auburn Hills, Michigan. This is the Friday Night Groove, and we're in the middle of an interview with Detroit-based group IR. Before we get back to the interview, though, we're going to sample their track, Literal Train Dreams. Enjoy, we'll be back to the interview very soon. WXOU FM. We are back in studio. Daniel Francis of IR. Excellent track. Um, please tell us a little bit about it before we get back to your interview. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um, that track's called Literal Train Dreams. I mean, it's it's literally an excerpt of a. You know, <laughs> we <laughs> we tend to name the tracks at the end after mm. <laughs> the music is mostly done. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that in that case it certainly was but literal train dreams was like that just came from text messages between Mm. the two of us and (laughs) it was like yo i've literally been having train dreams like the weekend after we got back from japan yeah yeah and like we're we're both 
having literal train dreams <laughs> every every night or so Very. in all of its like surreal um fever dream of a yeah <laughs> and that's that's kind of what that track felt like yeah um um but i would say a lot of this music um grew, grew out of the experience um from our collaboration but the thing that really changed in the last couple of years was um we both moved back to detroit mm-hmm. from, and for a while at post college we were both in different cities and different places and a lot of our mm-hmm. collaboration was remote mm-hmm. and when we both when our both of our lives uh took us back to detroit from in, in about a, a year from each other um we decided all right it's just like we're in the same spot we can play out live and then also we decided that we wanted to get together once a week and just start recording and working on projects and mm-hmm. um i just think like your life will fill up with a lot of different things and we just decided hey we want to just make one night a week where we like dedicated to like creating something new and a lot we've it's been awesome just to build a little musical productivity into our (laughs) uh, life life each week so for sure yeah Yeah. and that's where this record like really came from like the 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 brunt of the work came from our wednesday night sessions and Mm -hmm. and you know also like other days of the week when when we get into the stride would happen too but like it was really good to have just like a committed like we we do this every week yeah and we get a little bit closer to the record being finished yeah. by the end of each week absolutely um and when you start out like this is your like your first album so did you start out like we're gonna do an album or did it sort of like evolve throughout the process like oh you know we got 12 tracks we got you know an lp on our hands mm-hmm. um i think the a lot of our work has been drawn from live performances. Mm-hmm. Um, this, a lot of the tracks for this uh, performance, for I mean for this album, were um, part of us preparing for this live gig for um, in New York City called the Bang Out of Can Long Play Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually supposed to happen pre-pandemic, but then it got <laughs> canceled, and then we eventually got to play the gig. Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of developed some of our. Um, ideas for that and then we went and we played this music out live and then we took it back into the studio mm-hmm. and kind of figure like what do these sounds mean mm-hmm. and um, kind of made it about the place that we're in yeah because yeah place and playing out and playing live kind of really has been a source of uh, inspiration for both of us as yeah. we're making sounds yeah i've always found place to be like a really really powerful like inspiration or like better or worse or just like whatever like it, it's it's very always been like influential on like you know where, where am i like physically in the world um will play a role in like how the creativity manifests hmm. um and so from that point it was it was kind of an easy sell to um kind of focus in on like detroit's like auto infrastructure and then like japan and new york's like train infrastructure and mm-hmm. you know put put those things together um, not in any sort of like political statement of yeah. like when you listen to this album you should think this about you should be radicalized on transit now <laughs> it's not really like that it's just kind of like observations from like these places that we've existed in mm-hmm. um, and how different that can make like a life experience be yeah. um, and it just it just kind of transforms like every part of 
the cultures of the like like how you get around your city is like kind of it's so encompassing um so yeah i just i thought it would be a really fun i mean and then i've been working on that map kind of like mm-hmm. separately yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just kind of like my hobby dream transit of like oh if i had a zillion dollars what would i build for for detroit i would make a make a detroit only touch all the neighborhoods don't worry about oakland county don't worry about mcgong i'm sorry i'm I'm just sorry but (laughs) start with the city (laughs) and then just make that and then at one point dan was like wait is it did you just make this yourself i'm like well yeah this is just like for fun and he's like it's gotta be the, like the album art. This <laughs> is kind of like what we're doing. I'm like, okay, let's, let's let's work it in. Yeah. And then you know, like as as the sounds, as we kept making the sounds, it's like we're kind of like, are these like car sounds or are these like train sounds or like, um, you know, because like beats and like rhythms and stuff, you can you can hear that on the highway and you can hear that like underground in the subway tunnels and stuff too. Mm. And it wasn't. It almost got like who cares whether it's a train sound or a car sound but then like when when we started adding like actual fixed samples from like real places in in detroit and in japan then then it, there's like a literal facet of it at that point but yeah um a lot of it is you know close your eyes and what do you hear and yeah. that's what it is yeah keep it open keep the, it open like the ownership of the listener can come into play there too yeah absolutely absolutely and I do want to touch back because you guys did you did mention playing live um, when you have the, uh, like a, a heady concept like that and you're playing it live and people are like maybe almost coming in blind um, what has been the reception been to where people hear it and like do you do that, does it click with them or do they have like a whole new interpretation um, I would say when we first played this out live, we created some visuals to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a couple of places, like one place we played, this place called the Soil Factory, <laughs> which was like in oh, Ithaca, yeah. New York. And I it, love it, was, that show. it was like we were able to project the visuals and like be in the visuals. And then other ones, the long play show, we were in a like a, almost like a rock club and it was like the visuals were part of it but mm-hmm. um it kind of fit into kind of some of our more of our other performances when mm-hmm. we, were, we were used to with the new music scene or or the type of music we made with like bill ryan yeah, and yeah. with the new music ensemble okay yeah yeah and there i just i was just pulling up something online of like i feel like um even even when i'm not explicitly writing music for like car about cars and trains and stuff (laughs) um reviews from like albums and shows like always end up using like auto imagery Mm -hmm. so like the the long play festival the the reviewer from the new york city jazz jazz record said um beats that sounded like pneumatic drills tearing up the pavement in the midst of a traffic (laughs) jam (laughs) and then there was another one from a different record that was uh, the lead-footed revving of double-decker buses and the roar of street-cleaning trucks, a love affair of the harsh, reflective soundscapes of a city. Um, so I can't get away from it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's in, if it's in the soul, it's just like maybe that's just the Detroit auto, like. Mm. Like there's an essence mm-hmm. that I like just may as well embrace. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
we got um, about nine minutes left, but um, I do have two more questions for you. Um, first of the last two questions is this was released on Detroit Underground. Um, I know you both have a label called Slash Sound, but why was Detroit Underground a good home for this one? Um, yeah, sure. Well, it really came down to um, our our friend Rebecca Goldberg. Um, I shared a track with her um, before before this was a full album or anything i just shared i'm like hey like i've got this new duo um my longtime collaborator but we, we have this new duo yeah. here's our first couple of tracks i hope hope you like it mm. and, uh, <laughs> spin it in a context if if you're if you're keen and mm-hmm. um she got back to us and was like how do you how do you feel about putting something out on detroit underground yeah. i'm i'm helping out um and i'm just kind of like i've been I've been standing this label for like <laughs> ten years. This, I, I'm literally wearing. I wore my Detroit Underground hoodie that mm. I bought like four years ago. <laughs> um, love their merch. Love their aesthetic. Love their like. They make synthesizer modules. They make like glitch apps. Mm-hmm. They they do incredible like techno and electro and like raw sound stuff. And yeah. it felt like a really good aesthetic match for us mm-hmm. um we wanted to make more friends in in detroit too we're still relatively new to the scene here too yeah um and especially coming from like the classical music east coast land um there's there's new um there's new friends to be made in this in this region mm-hmm. and uh the slash sound label that we started in 2014 um a lot of that roster is still out on the East Coast. Mm. Um, there's not so much of a constituency in Detroit yet. Yeah. So we, we still have uh, every intention of uh, building something more of a community around Slash Sound like in this, in this region. But yeah. I think at this point in time, it, it made a lot of sense to, um, to team up with Detroit Underground. Okay. Absolutely. I th- I think uh, a lot of our earlier work with Slash Sound is kind of us um, negotiating like our interest in composing, and then with this interest we had electronic and like performing live, and um, we really wanted to go to Detroit Underground because we just had like a lot of um, respect for their the, like the techno and all the things they put out there. So it was mm-hmm. just kind of. Uh, wanted to go to some specialists and somebody that respected as we kind of just fully dove into um, just making electronic music in mm-hmm. Detroit. Right? Mm. So. Yeah, and like album production, just like the logistics of it from from the techno label is actually like I'm I'm coming to realize is is quite different from the classical side. Mm. Um, so to just be able to. Um, be advised by some techno professionals um has been very um i've learned a lot so far yeah. the record's only been out for a week so all right and it's been excellent reception as far as you know just me i love it Cheers. congratulations to you both Thanks. thank you so much and uh last question i know an important part of electronic music is futurism and you know just trying to imagine just like a better concept of the future um, since you both did that as far as, you know, transit, um, your own experiences with it and your hope for like a better future, how did this record sort of help with your view for the future or as far as just aspirational or aspirations? I I think 
some something that's just really inspiring about Detroit for me is that it's just it's it's been a place that's had its problems and things it's worked through and mm-hmm. it's just uh, and things in Detroit it's rebuilding and imagining and that's and that's part of the techno we're going to we're going to take these these factories and we're going to make music mm-hmm. and um, I think this the, we just being in different places that um, this record is us just trying to find like almost a dream world that could possibly exist if, just, if, we, just, if we just propose it and put it out there and the sounds and the art and everything can maybe just some maybe inspire someone down the road for something new so yeah for sure um, yeah I think like you said like techno has always been um, kind of an inherently optimistic viewpoint towards like the future we want to have and mm-hmm. um yeah i think detroit is still bristling with optimism mm-hmm. even even after the the struggles that we've gone through here mm-hmm. um it makes the city really easy to root for and it makes you want to it makes me want to like be a part of some kind of solution yeah. when we're here and it's it's kind of I don't, yeah I don't know the the optimism kind of has permeated me I feel like more optimistic about like what we can get done musically and like <laughs> civic infrastructurally <laughs> um, as when I did in as a resident in New York um, like that's a whole other conversation but um, yeah it's it's just been it's been like the city itself has been a really like kind of important creative driver for me too okay. so. Um, yeah, if, if someone can look at our map and our like CD liner notes and be like, yeah, we can build that. That's yeah. cool. Good idea. <laughs> um, a- along with, you know, shouts to the myriad other um, Detroit fantasy map creating enjoyers um, <laughs> out there. I'm cer- we're certainly not the only ones, too. Yeah. Um, but everybody's kind of like looking forward to building something newer and better and like taking the city into the future and I want to. I want to do that. That sounds great. Mm, I think you did. Let's, let's build it. I think you did. So, just from me, congratulations! Fantastic piece of work, and thank you for adding to another chapter of techno and that ideation. So, congratulations. Um, last before we get out of here, we have plugs. So, if they like this, they want to hear more. How can they do it? Oh, sure. Um, you can find um, the record is for sale. The CD is for sale on Bandcamp. Um, it's Detroit Underground Records, or you can go directly to the IR page. It's iirr.bandcamp.com. Um, you got to add a couple I's and a couple R's to, you know, get to <laughs> where. If you want to find IR on Instagram, how many I's and R's do you need? It's as few as I's and R's as I could, but it's it's eight I's and then an underscore and then eight R's. Um, on Instagram. <laughs> um, but, you know, eight is a very important number in techno. Mm, yeah. the symmetry is valuable. <laughs> yeah, that's where you can find us. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, plug in. We also we also spin at the Detroit Shipping Company mm. in uh, Midtown. That's 474 Peterborough. Um, kind of every other Wednesday, we're at the Detroit Shipping Company. We're either spinning... Um, techno sets or DJ sets at, a, at the weekly reset series or um, you can find us at our new series called Patch Notes 
which is a showcase for uh, modular synthesizer live performers in Metro Detroit. Perfect. And, uh, the next one of those is um, it's going to be February 28th All right. at the Detroit Shipping Company. All right. That's plenty of time for people to check it out. All right. All right. Daniel, Francis, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Roosevelt. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. And we have one last track to get out here. We're going to do that with a track you mentioned earlier, which is Michigan Ave featuring Todd Reynolds. So just right tell about us before, uh, while we get it queued up. Yeah, that's you. Um, we had a, a lot of track uh, samples from Japan, and this we, we knew the record wanted to end in Detroit, and uh, Francis had a recording of from the People Mover, and um, we asked our friend Todd to come and um, collaborate on the soundscape, and. Uh, we're going to end on Michigan Ave right here. All right. Perfect. Enjoy. I'll catch you next Friday.